0: Welcome everyone to FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. I'm your host, Aaron White, and I'm excited to bring you two new reviews this week on the show. If you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Repod, anywhere you get your podcast. It always does help us out and allow more folks to discover us and hopefully come join in the conversation on social media which you can find links to in every single episode's show notes. Here on FF Plus, the format is very straightforward. I cover what I liked, what I didn't like, and then give you a recommendation about whether I think something is worth your time and money. That's it. Simple, short, and spoiler-free. First on the show tonight is the new Amazon Prime video series, Reacher, based on the Lee Child Jack Reacher books. This stars Alan Richson, Malcolm Goodwin, Willa Fitzgerald, Chris Webster, Bruce McGill, Maria Sten, and Hugh Thompson. It's written by Nick Santora and obviously adapted by the novels with the assistance of Lee Child. What's it about? Reacher follows Jack Reacher, a veteran military police investigator who has just recently entered civilian life. Reacher is a drifter, carrying no phone and the barest of essentials as he travels the country and explores the nation he once served. When Reacher arrives in the small town of Margrave, Georgia, he finds a community grappling with its first homicide in 20 years. The cops immediately arrest him and I his claim to place Reacher at the scene of the crime. While he works to prove his innocence, a deep-seated conspiracy begins to emerge, one that will require Reacher's keen mind and hard-hitting fists to deal with. One thing above all is for sure, they picked the wrong guy to take the fall. Now, this specific season of Reacher is adapting the first novel called The Killing Floor. So, when it comes to the likes, it's pretty much all likes, in my opinion, for this show. I have Really, really enjoyed it a great amount, and I'm hoping that it takes off when it does launch on Amazon Prime this week. The change in leading actor from the film series previously, there were two movies starring Tom Cruise, but they both were adapting books from somewhere in the middle of the Jack Reacher series. Those are not connected to this in any way. I personally don't always think that a book has to be adapted beat for beat. Character doesn't have to look exactly like it looks in the book if you are capturing the same spirit of the character. But I don't think that the Tom Cruise movies quite did Jack Reacher. They did an interesting character and they're not bad movies. But this is the character as the book describes him. And it's a show that really fits the way that his character is. Completely meant to be designed for. So he's got this imposing figure, Alan Richson, that is, and he's very quiet. He only speaks very deliberately. He doesn't waste words. He doesn't have a lot of jokes. Now he can have some humor, and it's usually in a little bit of a sarcastic tone, but he's not a wisecracking character by any means. You can really tell in the performance, which is phenomenal, I think that the wheels are kind of constantly turning. He's very analytical. He is that, you know, police investigator. So he's built off of the Sherlock Holmes archetype. And you can tell he's like a giant kind of bulked out version of Sherlock Holmes. Or maybe, you know, you would almost kind of think of like kind of like a Batman with that heavy detective flavor with the fighting skills, but in this case, he doesn't have money and tech and, you know, superhero gadgets to help him out. The series and the story that's being adapted is pretty interesting. It's a little bit of a slow burn, I think. There are quite a few flashbacks to his childhood throughout the series. They're my favorite. I love his relationship with another character named Roscoe, played by Willa Fitzgerald. They have a really outstanding chemistry between them. And I think that the way that their friendship kind of begins to develop and it is created over the course of this entire season is one of the strengths and the highlights of the entire show. I did have pretty low expectations. And so I didn't know what to think was going to be coming as far as fight scenes and production value. But this does a really good job of making the fight choreography feel very scary. It is brutal. It is violent. It is not frequent, which I really enjoy. There are long periods of the show that are more dramatic and investigative in nature. But then when the violence has to come, that's when the flip switches and Alan Richardson perfectly goes into this part of the character where he is a formidable foe, you know, this giant man with all of these incredible skills. And he gets put to the test, of course, many times. There's stunts in there, and the fights are always explosive and awesome to watch. But I just really appreciated that it wasn't a constant barrage of action, 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 action. It really gives the series time to breathe. And in stretching it out over the course of the full length of episodes, instead of the single runtime of a film, it does give you so much more character development that I think is going to do this character a big service going forward. Because personally, I hope that there are more seasons following him. I mean, we have 20 plus books that could be adapted here. And the deeper we get to know him in each season, the better and better it's going to be as we go along, because we built this relationship with him. It's just he's great. He really is a great character to follow. And I think that if this gets enough attention, this is the kind of new crime police type of drama, action drama, that could seriously take off. Amazon did a great job adapting the Jack Ryan series with John Krasinski and while this is not the same thing in tone and style, it is kind of similar as well in just the overall kind of flow of introducing a character, putting him in this situation and as we get to know him. But I love that it's grounded. It's it's right there at this city, small level, and very personal thing that Reacher is dealing with. It's not this huge, you know, globe-spanning kind of issue. We have Jack Ryan for that, and so now we have a great example of both that Amazon has given us. If there's any negatives, some of the side characters don't get utilized, maybe to their fullest potential. Even Willa Fitzgerald's character, Roscoe, at one point kind of almost disappears for a little bit, and he just doesn't show up in the way that she was previously. And I, I was kind of sad because I like having her there frequently. But really, I think this is so well paced and just a phenomenally put together series that you can tell Lee Child and Alan Richson have such a passion for this. It comes through in the work. You can see it on the screen. You can see that Alan Richson has done his homework, he cares about the character. And he wants to be consistent and get it right. He was saying during a Q&A that I hosted for Amazon Prime Video and some local hometown heroes last week that it was really amazing to him that his previous employer, WB, on a comic book show had let him out of his contract early and had even recorded his final episodes early so that he could hurry up and go get this job. That tells you something about a, a person. That's just not normal in the industry. And for them to want to see his success, even with a different studio, and to allow him to go do that and help him along his journey, that tells you that they respect him, that they appreciate him, and I have nothing but good things to say after... Interviewing both Alan Richardson and Lee Child. You can find that on the podcast a couple of episodes back on another FF. Plus. I definitely think you should listen to that as well. It's also spoiler free and has some great insight. But these two men really wanted to get this right, and I think that they have nailed it. And I love the series. I loved pretty much everything about it. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. And I think that you all are going to enjoy the heck out of it when you see it as well. So, yes, big ol' feeling it thumbs up from me. This will be available streaming on Amazon Prime Video beginning on February the 4th, and I do believe the whole season will be available at once, so you can binge it in a weekend if you so choose. Next up, we have Moonfall from Lionsgate, starring Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, John Bradley, Michael Pena, Charlie Plummer, Kelly Yu, and Donald Sutherland. It is directed by Roland Emmerich and written by Roland Emmerich. What's it about? The moon is knocked from its orbit by an unknown force and put onto a collision course with Earth. Two astronauts and a conspiracy theorist work together to attempt to avert disaster and discover that the moon is not what it seems. Now, I've been greatly looking forward to this film. I love me a good disaster movie. Roland Emmerich is one of the best at this. Obviously, Independence Day is an absolute classic, and I've enjoyed pretty much all of his other disaster films. Whether it was the Day After Tomorrow, 2012, they all have something good to offer, in my opinion. So, this looked really cool. It's got a sci-fi premise, the moon's gonna fall on the earth, reminds me of, like, Majora's Mask, the video game. And I was excited to see what we were gonna get here with this big blockbuster releasing in February. Then, I also got to see it in IMAX, which is something we haven't been getting in our press screenings recently, so that was another bonus. What I liked, I liked getting to see it in IMAX. The movie is big. It's got explosions. It's got incredible special effects. It's got a loud, obnoxiously loud at times soundtrack. It's got bright visuals, and it's trying to sell you on this idea of this enormous structure moon that is coming down and impacting or about to impact the earth. And I think that when you see it on the biggest screen possible, you really get to feel that. And that's a big positive for this. The film's strengths probably lie in the John Bradley performance. He plays the conspiracy theorist that I mentioned in the synopsis. And if you are familiar with him, John Bradley played Samuel Tarly in Game of Thrones. So you may wonder where you're noticing him from, that's it. Almost guaranteed. He does a phenomenal job in this because I think he knows perfectly well what movie he is in. He understands the schlock and kind of lays it on thick. And it's in a way that I could appreciate because his character is meant to be that way. He's a little bit silly. He's not to be believed. He's trying to tell NASA this thing That is they won't trust because he's a nobody. And so in movies like this, that character is always supposed to be a little bit dopey and a little bit silly and a little bit quirky. And he is all of those things and plays it really, really well. I also think that the sci-fi premise behind this movie is fantastic. It's very cool once it finally gets explained what is going on with the moon, why is this happening? and we get to learn a lot of a history that led up to this event that had me wishing that there was an entire movie about that, or a series that explained all of these things that had happened. So the ideas that are kind of at the core of this worked really well for me. Visually speaking, there are a couple of Really awesome looking moments in this film, one of which I will call out. I don't think this is going to be a spoiler. I'll just say the words gravity wave. When you see this scene, you'll know what I'm talking about, and it just looks awesome. It's that classic Roland Emmerich absolute destructive force, and it looks really, really, really cool. So I think that there's a couple of scenes that are like that. Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson are. Quite fine in this film. (laughs) That sounds so bad when I say quite fine. They do a good job in their roles. Patrick Wilson, I think, especially is really charismatic and easy to latch onto as the protagonist of this film. I think he he does a solid, solid job there. I'm going to kind of transition into things I didn't like. I'll say this first I enjoyed this movie, I had a lot of fun watching it, and I don't regret going to see it at all. But (laughs) if I had to describe it, and condense it down for you i would tell you it feels like a self-aware parody of all of roland emmerich's previous disaster movies rolled up into one or the greatest hits version of his previous disaster movies it feels like you've got elements from independence day elements from 2012 elements from the day after tomorrow and they're all kind of put into this pot and stirred up and then he put on top of it in the writing, this incredible tone of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge at all times. And it does not work for me. It just doesn't get me the emotional investment that I needed. So in a typical Roland Emmerich disaster film, a lot of times these are two hours and 15 minutes to two and a half hours. This one was two hours flat, a little bit under that. And you could tell it almost felt like it was on fast forward, especially in the first half of the movie. We introduced to all of these different humans and the ways that they are tied to each other and then their personal dramas that they have going on. And this is normal because we need humans to associate with and to kind of be our POV and walk through. And we need to feel some of the emotions they're going through in this horrible experience in order to kind of then feel those for ourselves, put ourselves in their shoes, right? But we go so fast and they are, I don't care about them at all. I just did it. And for me, the film is so jokey about its own self that it's almost like Emmerich is standing behind the camera with a smirk on his face and a middle finger up saying, ha ha ha, I made something that you are expecting and I'm gonna make it even dumber on purpose and you're still gonna like it. What I like about previous Emmerich films is that he doesn't act like the film is dumb. In those other films, the emotions work for me and hit me hard because there's enough attention given to that character development that when things happen to those people, I actually do care. I didn't care at all about anybody in this movie, and what happened to them, to be completely honest. And that was kind of a bummer for me. I also think that the special effects overall, outside of a few cool moments, like the one I mentioned previously, and some of the stuff in space especially looks really good, the moon itself, when they're, when they get to kind of explore the moon a little bit, that looks amazing. But on Earth, it is almost all Like, green screen CGI, it looks very obvious that the characters are nowhere in this landscape. It's not real. And it just looks fake. It just stands out. Maybe that's because I was on an IMAX screen or whatever. I don't know. But it was distracting to me. Because you could tell it was like a character looking off into the distance and pointing at something. And you just, you notice, it's like, okay, that's not really there. That character's just standing on a stage, pointing off into the nothingness, right? Hoping it's going to be put in there with a computer at some point. It stood out big time. And a lot of the special effects, even in an Emmerich movie, which, you know, a disaster movie like this, it's hard to make you really believe that people are flying around your screen because of swirling winds or whatever in a realistic manner. This was on the bad side of disaster films that I've ever seen. And then going back to the premise, I really liked it. And I it's I just wish that we would have gotten more. Once we get everything explained to us, the movie kind of rocket fires through its last 10 minutes of it, its act or whatever and it's over. And and that's it. And we don't get to kind of have any fun with that stuff. There's so many opportunities for where it could have gone and it just doesn't do that. And so that left me a little bit wanting as well. So am I feeling it? Listen, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, you go to a theater and see this because it's a big blockbuster and it's awesome to watch on a big screen. My son and I had fun. It was a good time. It's going to rank at the bottom of my Roland Emmerich disaster movie list. It's still better than Godzilla. It's going to rank at the bottom of my Overall, blockbuster disaster list because I don't have the emotional investment. That's what I seek out of this type of film. But it's in a lot of ways almost like a satire. It feels like that, but it's more enjoyable to me than Don't Look Up was in a lot of ways, even being as self aware and silly as it is. So I think it's worth seeing. I think it's fun. It's going to be a good time at the movies. It's not a movie, though, that I'm going to be rewatching anytime soon, or have any desire to revisit, I don't think, unless it gets a sequel, in which I'll probably go see that. I would love to see this world expanded on, even though I don't think that it's anything special. So there you have it. Not great. Still fun. Still okay. And not totally, totally a waste of time. This will be available in theaters on February the 4th, and if you do go see it, by all means, please let me know what you think. You can find me always on social media, on Twitter, at FeelinFilm. You can find me on Letterboxd, at Aaron, E-L-W-H-I-T-E, Aaron L. White. You can find me in the Feel and Film Facebook discussion group. You can find this podcast on Repod and come talk to us in our community there. You can find us all over the place. Find those show notes, click on those social media links, and come join the conversation. I will be back soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling film.